Coming up next on Jewish Voice, award-winning filmmaker Bill McKay talks about supernatural events detailed in his movie, Against All Odds, Israel Survives. And every Jordanian soldier to a man said that when they got up for the kill, they saw Father Abraham. He lifted his hands and in Arabic, he commanded them to throw down their weapons and surrender. Goodness. Now there's a miracle. Well, you often hear uh, people describing amazing things that happen in life as being of biblical proportions. Well, nothing could be truer about the rebirth, the survival, and the growth of the state of Israel. God himself has protected, nurtured, and prospered the Jewish people in the midst of hatred and opposition all around them. My guest today, Bill McKay, has produced what I believe is a landmark documentary on this miracle of preservation and survival called Against All Odds, Israel Survives. Please welcome Mr. Bill McKay. Hey, Bill. Great to have you. Thank you. I've been wanting to get you on the program for quite some time, and you, you're traveling all over the world, so thank you for being here tonight. It's an honor, and I'm pleased to be your guest. Well, I, I want to know what got you started. This, this uh, production is a massive, was a massive undertaking. And I'd like to know a little bit about your background. What inspired you to put so much effort into uh, talking about this tiny nation, sh uh, showcasing this tiny nation to the world? Well, there were two essential points that launched this particular project. Going back to 1999, uh, the British Broadcasting Company, BBC, asked me to produce a documentary series entitled uh, Oslo, uh, The Peace Process. And the theory of the show was that they wanted us to bring the Americans and the Europeans up to speed for the, the crowning achievement of peace for Bill Clinton and Arafat. And so we traveled to five countries around the world, including Israel, the West Bank, Gaza, uh, doing interviews with everybody that had ever been a part of that project. Long story short, uh, the documentary came out under the title Vanishing Peace, The Aftermath of Oslo which rocked the world, because on the eve of Taba, we were saying, in a journalistic sense, prophetically, that this peace process was a sham. And so that, it completely changed what the original intent. Oh, yeah, completely from the beginning. Now, post that particular project, um, I got to know many of the leading generals of Israel and the living prime ministers, and... Uh, about six or seven months after the show aired all over the world, uh, I was sitting with one of the five-star generals in uh, Israel one night, and after he had a couple of beers, uh, he was loosened up a little bit, and um, he said, Good you know, strategy for getting an interview, <laughs> a real interview, the truth. <laughs> and it was off the record at the time. Uh, but he said, um, you know, I'm an atheist. He said, I don't believe in God. He said, in fact, my Messiah is an M16. That's what I believe in. But he said, during the six-day war for Jerusalem, and he said, I'm a general. He said, I know victory. I know defeat. 
And he said, I was on the battlefield one day with men under my command. And he said, not only did I know as the commanding general that we were going to lose that battle, but he said, I knew the war had tipped in the other direction and that Israel would likely be wiped off the face of the earth. So how did he explain that didn't happen, obviously? He said a supernatural phenomenon took place on the battlefield. So he, he attributed to supernatural yeah. uh, uh, intervention, but without changing his Well, he views. couldn't quantify it. He said, in fact, I have never even gone public with the story. He said, I've never even told my wife the story. He said, I don't know what to do with it. I want to give it to you. And uh, uh, I received the story, and within about an 18-month period, I had probably a hundred successive meetings just like that particular one, literally orchestrated, I think, by the hand of God. And uh, I collected what was then about a hundred stories. And one afternoon, I was going through the file, and I realized, we have a story here to tell. Bill, was this a typical, res uh, re was this repeated, this idea of we knew we were going to lose, we were outnumbered, we were outgunned, but it's, it was a supernatural victory and we can't explain it? Yes, in the sense that, and then this is the great uh, admiration I have for the Israelis. I mean, they never say die. So it, it, it's not like maybe the French who have perfected the art of surrender uh, in the various wars that they have fought. Uh, Beep. The Israelis uh, will, will fight to the last man, and, and they don't understand the word surrender. It doesn't exist in their Hebrew lexicon. Uh, they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. I mean, it's live or die. Yes. And so for them to encounter a supernatural phenomenon on the battlefield, and what was interesting, Jonathan, is when we went back to do our research, that many of the battles that we were being told that took place in the 20th century in 1948, 1956, the war for Jerusalem in 67, the Yom Kippur War in 1973, were the same battlefields in many cases where Joshua fought mm. for the children of Israel, with the same protagonists, the same antagonists, and the same supernatural outcome. And the same God. And the same the God. The same God bringing victory. Yeah. Bill, can you give us, uh, that's worth clapping for. Can you, can you give us uh, just a couple of, of quick stories, two quick stories? We're offering the video, uh, Against All Odds, Israel Survives, Miraculous True Stories. Just give us briefly two stories of miraculous intervention that sure. come to mind. Uh, being a journalist by trade, we have to authenticate every story. Uh, we can't just take rumors or innuendos or uh, someone told somebody, and, and, and we have to basically go back to all the sources and get two or three points of verification uh, so that, uh, you know, with integrity, we can say to the world, this is what we believe happened. We can't explain it. Uh, we can't quantify it. We can't prove it. But the outcome is that Israel should have been destroyed, and yet it survived. And one of the stories that I had heard about when I was gathering all of my research was the story of David Yaniv. And David, uh, at the time, I did not know his name, but I had heard the story of a young commander with nine Israeli soldiers that had been given orders to find a back route for the tanks to go up in the Six-Day War in 1967 uh, to retake Jerusalem from the Jordanians. 
And just outside Jerusalem, there's a little area, which you've been to probably a hundred times, French Hill. Mm -hmm. And on French Hill, uh, these soldiers had dug in because they saw what was hundreds of Jordanian soldiers moving in a patrol uh, in their direction. Now, when the Israelis fight the Arabs, you never, never, never want to get caught. I mean, death is a, a, a much sweeter experience mm -hmm. than, than the torture that comes from one of these situations. So these nine young Israeli soldiers made a pact with each other that no one would be taken alive. So they dug in. And as the, as the Jordanians approached, much like the American Indians, they would get themselves worked up into a lather, like a war chant. And when they unleashed their waves of, of men coming at them, they got within about 75 feet of these young Israelis. And they're expecting death and mayhem and blood and violence. And all of a sudden, they throw their weapons down, the Jordanians. And they cry out, Abraham, Abraham. And the Israelis are in a state of paralysis <laughs> because they're expecting, you know, a bayonet. They're expecting bullets flying at them. And all of a sudden, there are hundreds of guns thrown at their feet. And finally, they stir themselves out of their paralysis long enough to realize that the enemy is surrendering to them. And so they capture these... To these, the nine. Hundreds, hundreds surrendering to the nine. Yeah, yeah. the ratio was, was, was... They were outgunned. And they captured them, turned them over to the Israeli intelligence. And as the protocols required by the IDF, they separate all the, uh, the enemy combatants and they debrief them. And every Jordanian soldier to a man said that when they got up for the kill, they saw Father Abraham. He lifted his hands, and in Arabic, he commanded them to throw down their weapons and surrender. Oh my goodness. Now there's a miracle. Now, just a tiny postscript to that story, I'm in a production meeting uh, in Los Angeles working on, on the various stories and, and how we're going to plan the project. And I uh, had mentioned that I uh, was looking for a particular gentleman that could help me authenticate this particular story. And he said, the, the, the man in the room said, I don't know how we can authenticate it, but I know there's a Jewish rabbi Christian up in, in Seattle, Washington. Maybe he has some other stories that he can give to you. I'll arrange for the two of you to connect by telephone within the hour. So I'm on, uh, in route on the L.A. freeways back home that afternoon, and I get a phone call from David Yaniv. And uh, so he said, uh, tell me about your project and what you're doing. And so I, I brought this story up, and I'm about halfway through this story. And David stops me, and he says, I am that commander. He said, the reason you couldn't find me was because he said I had to leave Israel because of my faith in Yeshua. Yeah. And he said, I'm now a Messianic pastor up in Seattle, Washington. And it, it, just a postscript to that, David was paralyzed from an illness. I don't know oh. if you know this. Yes. And was supernaturally healed watching the 700 Club. Yeah. And we actually did a docudrama, yeah. reenacted testimony of yeah. his life, which we have available as yeah. one of our resources. Which is dramatic. So which God is, dramatic. is good. God yeah. is good. Uh, let me switch gears. Talk about 1967. Uh, why prophetically, is the 67 war so significant? Well, I think it not only changed uh, the geography of Israel dramatically, 
but I think it changed the spiritual geography of the world. Uh, Jerusalem has been a downtrodden city for uh, up till that point almost uh, 2,000 years since General Titus sacked Jerusalem in AD 70. And I think the, the moment came when the Spirit said, this is the time. I will unite the Jewish people in their land with their capital again. And I think had that not happened, we would not see some of the events that are beginning to unfold today. Uh, we look back in history, and I'm a, a bit of a historian, and I love history, uh, but there are these pivot moments when everything changes. And mm -hmm. I believe the moment that God reestablished Jerusalem under the flag of King David was that pivot that has forever changed the course of history. And as a result, it has become what the prophets described as that stumbling stone uh, that has caused the nations uh, you know, so much angst and so much anger against the Jewish people. And I think that the entire mission now of the world as the proxies for, for Lucifer are to divide that city again. And that is the battle line. Well, I want you to elaborate on this because in the natural, you have a sliver of land. You have a population that is tiny by world standards and yet Israel seems to be in the center of world attention. There's not a day that you don't open the newspaper, turn on CNN, and there's something about Israel. Talk more about that. Well, as I've studied it, uh, Jonathan, and, and I've thought a great deal about it, uh, the spirit of anti-Semitism is not just a cultural bias. It's not just the natural prejudices that cultures have one for another. Uh, this is a supernatural uh, virus, if you will, that uh, began with Haman, if you will, and, and has mm -hmm. come all the way down through Hitler and, and survived Hitler and, and is, is present with us. And I think it has caused nations and, and leaders among the nations uh, to commit themselves to the destruction of the Jewish people and specifically Israel. Uh, this is why the bones are littered all throughout the Middle East of the American secretaries of state that have tried through uh, every uh, machination to bring about peace. And they, they come away perplexed. Uh, they come away, uh, you know, dumbfounded because uh, they have exerted all of the force and the might of the Western civilized powers of the United States of America. And yet they cannot coerce peace. And I think that what they're up against is a supernatural force that they cannot quantify. And for some reason, it's, it, it's always so important. Every president, yeah. just it's, th this becomes a driving mission for them for some reason. Although we're now in a different era. Uh, I think that the White House has declared war on Israel, mm -hmm. uh, both spiritually and physically. Uh, they have laid the groundwork for the Arabs to do what must be done, which is the final solution. Uh, and I think that if we if we uh, keep our eye on what's happening in Libya right now, uh, what has happened in Cairo, uh, and we all hope for democracy. We all hope that, that freedom will come to these people. But there is a real probability that there'll be a caliphate between Tehran and Cairo. And if that happens, Israel is going to be under siege, uh, probably to the state extent that it was under General Titus. Well, I'm going to ask you a question our, many of our audience already know, but for those that are watching by television, this issue of why should Christians be so supportive of Israel, 
how do we deal even-handedly with the Palestinians? Uh, we get a lot of letters asking that. Why, why shouldn't there be a Palestinian state? Comment on that a little bit. Why is it important for Christians to stand with Israel? And are we saying that God is preferring one people over another when we are against a Palestinian state? No, and I, as a, a, a Christian and a, and a deeply committed believer, I have no doubt in my mind that, that the Lord of hosts loves the Palestinians as much as he loves the Jewish people. Uh, God is no respecter of persons, and that's plural. Uh, you know, so uh, you start with that as the predicate, but as one who has spent thousands of hours in the West Bank and Gaza, and I know the enemies of Israel. I've been in the homes of the terrorists. I've been in the homes of the leadership of the PLO. I've been there face to face, Jonathan. I know these people. They will never, never, never accept a two-state solution. This is a myth that has been uh, innocently and sweetly perpetuated by the Western cultures. Uh, you know, in our naivete. And we've bought into it completely. We've bought into it. And, and it's on the theory that a half a loaf is better than no loaf. That's the Western mind. But in the Arab culture, it's one loaf. It's one state. And they have no intent on dividing uh, Jerusalem. They have no intent in dividing that country. This is why... So if there was a Palestinian state alongside of Israel, it would just be a strategy to eventually get the whole loaf. It's an absolute staging loaf. ground, yeah. And, and this explains why Arafat, uh, in the year 2000, under the tutelage of Bill Clinton... Uh, walked out of Taba and said no to a 97% solution. Now, that's the best deal anybody could get anywhere in the history of mankind. And he said no. And the reason he said no was because he believed in a one-state solution. Mm. We need to understand this. So why, is, why should Christians be concerned about Israel, standing with Israel? Well, in simple terms, Israel is alone. The entire world has made the decision that a final solution has to happen. And I think unless the Christians who know and love the Lord are willing to put their lives on the line for Israel, then no one else will. And we are the ones that are called by the Holy One to comfort His people. Well, Bill, how do you respond to, to, to Christians who, who love the Lord, evangelicals, who would say that Israel has, the Jews have no right to the land of Israel. They're out of covenant with God. Uh, unless they came back into the covenant with God, they wouldn't have the rights to the land. Those that say that Jerusalem is of no importance because Jesus is coming back to a spiritual Jerusalem. I'm hearing this quite a bit, especially in Europe. I'm sure you've heard this quite oh, a sure. bit as well. Well, I would, I would argue that uh, if, if those same principles are applied to Israel, they could be applied to the Christian nations in Europe that are now in a post-Christian culture. They could equally be applied to the American people occupying uh, the North American continent. Uh, so if we uh, fall out of favor with God, which many people would argue that our cultures have, uh, then we would lose our rights to the land. And I'm not sure they're ready to take that argument to its full conclusion. Uh, it's nice for the Jews, uh, as they might argue, but uh, I think that's the business of God. And I look back historically at 17 centuries of diaspora, when the Jews were hunted down by the Europeans and systematically killed and raped and tortured. Their lands were confiscated in the name of Christianity. And I think this is the time 
for believers all over the face of the earth to set aside our petty prejudices, our notions of theology, and comfort the people of Israel. That's what we're called to do. As I said to you in the green room, Isaiah was not speaking to the Jews to comfort the people of Israel. He was not speaking to those that were torturing the Jews in the 17th centuries of diaspora. He was not talking to the secular humanist. He was talking to the Bible-believing Christians in Europe, in Asia, and in America. We are the only ones that can fulfill that prophecy. That is a command. It's not a suggestion. Amen. Bill, we are out of time. We've got to get you back on a plane and you're out of here. You've done a great job uh, with, with this whole documentary and, and traveling around the world speaking on behalf of support of Israel. Against all odds, Israel survived from miraculous true stories. Thank you for your love for the Jewish Thank people. Thank you, Jonathan. Enjoy. Against All Odds, Israel Survives is an inspiring look at the role of faith, miracles, and divine intervention in the history of the nation of Israel since 1948. This 95-minute feature film includes moving eyewitness accounts, gripping dramatizations, and in-depth interviews with historians and religious leaders chronicling supernatural events which have time and again turned defeat into victory for the Israeli army and people. As you watch, you'll be astounded and encouraged by historic and prophetic events which have contributed to the survival of this nation in the midst of enemies on every side. Against All Odds, Israel Survives can be yours for a gift of $25 to help Jonathan Burness and Jewish Voice continue to take medical aid and the gospel to Jewish people suffering in poverty and sickness. Call now with your gift and ask for your own copy of this special DVD presentation.